This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There is a big issue that uh, has surfaced in terms of uh, what we thought might have already been sort of the conventional wisdom got upset earlier this week with a headline. I read it in the papers and maybe you did too. New guidelines, no need to reduce red or processed meat consumption for good health. And this has spawned an outcry from numerous people in the medical health profession as well as elsewhere, and uh, they think that that's irresponsible. However, I wanted to go directly to the source because I do like my red meat. I have to be honest with you, and uh, I found that rather interesting uh, when somebody is disruptive in this sense. Dr. Gordon Guyatt is the co-author of the piece, a distinguished professor at McMaster University and author of the recent study on red meat consumption, and we should point out he was also Canada's Health Researcher of the Year in the year 2013. Dr. Guyatt, good to have you here on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. My pleasure to be with you. Well, (laughs) I guess, uh, did you ever anticipate such blowback for your research? Um, uh, We anticipated that um, the research would be criticized and that people would disagree with it. The response that I would characterize as a little hysterical was beyond our expectations. uh, People are uh, suggesting that the methodology is unsound and a lot of the premises are false or even dangerous and irresponsible. Do you feel you're bulletproof on your methodologies and such? Oh, we are totally bulletproof on our methodology. And in fact... Um, Our evidence summaries do not differ from many uh, that have come before in terms of bottom lines. Uh, We believe we were more rigorous and careful and complete, um, but it's really not terribly different from summaries that uh, appeared previously. The differences are in the interpretation. That's interesting because you did uh, go back into the annals, I guess, of all of these other studies to uh, really recruit some of your evidence, did you not? Well, the guideline is actually actually supported by four systematic summaries, three of what we call observational studies, one of randomized trials, and one a systematic review of people's values and preferences about red meat. So there are actually five systematic reviews, all published in the annals, that supported the sixth article, which was the guideline. Yeah, when you said subject to interpretation, let's flesh that out a little more fully. So uh, what you found, because heretofore, I guess, the conventional wisdom, as I called it, had been that red meat is dangerous, it's carcinogenic, and uh, has all these negative consequences to health, heart disease, uh, and other bad outcomes. But you sort of reframed it or saw it in a different light. Explain that. Well, so um, there are what we call observational studies in which people who eat more red meat are compared to people who eat less red meat, and their outcomes are measured. And indeed, such studies found an association between uh, red and processed meat and cancer and cardiovascular disease. However, The problem is that uh, people who eat more red meat differ in many ways from people who eat less red meat. Uh, There's different aspects of the diet that go along with red and processed meat versus less. There may be issues about their lifestyle. There may be issues about their exposure to toxin. There may be issues about their socioeconomic status and so on. And that's why we don't trust observational studies they provide only low-quality evidence. So the first bottom line that differed is pointing out that, yes, red and processed meat may cause uh, uh, cancer and increased cardiovascular disease, but 
It may not. It's only low-quality evidence. And then the second thing we found is that if the effects are real, which they may not be, the effects are extremely small. So our conclusion was that fully informed individuals who are attached to the, their red meat and our systematic review of patients' values and preferences or people's values and preferences suggested that many people are so attached, knowing that the effects are uncertain and small, many, perhaps most, and we think in fact the majority, would choose to continue with their red meat consumption if they were fully informed. So in other words, uh, if I've got it right in layman's terms from a 30,000-foot level, basically saying that giving up on red meat is really not going to make a significant difference to outcomes. Um, Not quite. We don't know whether it will. It is uncertain whether it will. And if it does, the effects are going to be very small. Right. And you do talk about the downside of the quality of life uh, reduction associated with decreasing or stopping eating meat. Uh, If you enjoy a steak, you might as well enjoy it uh, rather than not. Um, Yes. So it depends. There may be people, even those who enjoy a steak, that says, well, the health benefits of cutting down meat are small and uncertain, but I'm so concerned about my health, I'll do anything to um, increase my chances, even if it's uncertain that I'm helping myself and even if the effects are small. But we think that many people will say uncertain effects, very small if they exist at all, I like my meat. Am I wrong to say there's a correlation here or something analogous to the whole climate change thing? Because, I mean, uh, we talk about incessantly having to give up this, that, the other, and beggaring our economy. And at the end of the day, uh, there are some who submit by the year 2100, uh, we might have maybe, in best case scenario, altered the temperature by about a half a degree centigrade. Uh, is it similar to that at all? Um, I, um, as a scientist... Um, I like to speak about things that I know what I'm talking about. And if the way you just characterized the climate change debate were true, maybe it would be similar. Whether it is or not, I don't know. Okay. Again, Dr. Guyatt, I've got to ask this uh, headline that blared out across the world and caused uh, all of these hysterics, as you call them. Uh, New guidelines, no need to reduce red or processed meat consumption for good health. Uh, You're not necessarily responsible for that headline, but it is reflective of your study, is it not? Well, um, I think, you know, I'm a scientist. I think precision is important. Um, no need to. Um, the, the statement is the evidence supporting the adverse effects of red meat are low quality and the effects are small, but there are associations. You could interpret that, that there's no need. Um, a more accurate might be, Whether you will benefit is questionable, and if you will, the effects are small. If you want to interpret that as no need, you could, but that's not the precise... I wouldn't say that that is the precise statement. But it seems my takeaway anyway is you're telling us the science on this red meat thing is not settled. It's open to a conversation, a debate, discussion, and further scientific that review. Is, that, uh, 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 that is right. Um, uh, I, would, I would say that's a fair characterization. Well, you've done uh, a real service to a lot of us who like red meat and uh, have always wondered, you know, if we're on the wrong side of the equation, at least now we know there's still a lot of uncertainty surrounding it or quality of life issue that enters into a responsible decision regarding the consumption of red meat. Really a pleasure to speak to you. I appreciate your coming on and uh, giving us better detail and background as to what the fuss was all about. Thank you, sir. 
My pleasure to talk to you. Take care. You got it. Dr. Gordon Guy, at again, distinguished prof at McMaster University and co-author of the recent study on red meat consumption. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 